I'm Jeff Gibson. And I'm Shanna Paxton. And we are the, the movie, movie lovers. lovers. Welcome. Hello. To the official podcast of the Gibson Review. This is the second episode since we made some changes uh, for those who aren't familiar. This episode is our first Film Faves only episode. What we did recently is we decided to parse out the main event and the film faves into separate episodes, partially because after five years of doing this, it's gotten more and more challenging to come up with film faves uh, segments that tie into the movie that we're going to review for the main event. And uh, we don't want to create a kind of a disjointed feeling in the episode anymore and also doing so allows us more time to prepare for these film faves lists should there be movies we need to catch up with or revisit or what have you it just allows for kind of some benefits all around for us and also it makes the episodes shorter and easier for you to digest as well so this episode we are counting down our 12 favorite movies around a particular topic. The topic being Americana movies. So if you're not familiar, Film Phase was inspired by a feature that used to be on the Gibson Review, the blog, where we count down our 12 favorite movies around a particular topic. The idea being to help you get a better sense of our taste in movies, but also primarily through our love and joy of film, hopefully spread that so you get exposed to things you haven't heard of or seen before. Now to that end, we do point out when movies are available on certain subscription platforms. There's a lot out there, but the ones that we focus on are Amazon Prime, Apple TV+, Disney Plus, Netflix, HBO Max, and Hulu. Is there anything else? I think you got it. Okay. So if a movie on our list is available on one of those platforms, we will make mention of it so you know to check it out there. Now, Americana is the topic. This is actually... A subject that I don't remember if you came up with, Shanna, at one point, or if I came up with it. Do you recall? I think it might have stemmed from us watching Lost in America. No. Well, I know exactly what it was going to be paired with. But, oh, you think, like, you were inspired after watching Lost in America? Yeah. Okay. And so you, you uh, recall that you came up with it after watching that film? Uh, if it was me, that's probably where it came from. Gotcha. Yeah. And so we were going to, what I thought you were uh, saying, and what we were going to do was we were going to pair it with our review of Nomadland oh, from yeah. last year, I believe January or February of last year, whatever it was. And we, we actually had created a list. We actually had recorded it. And because of scheduling mm -hmm. issues, we had to record it separate from the main event review. Mm -hmm. And then because of technical issues, mm -hmm. 
the recording got lost. Mm. And mm. we ended up, because there was such a hassle scheduling and getting everything done, we ended up having to just run with the, just the Nomadland review for that episode. Mm. So here we are a year over a year and a half later, mm -hmm. circling back around to the topic. Mm -hmm. And Shanna, why don't you share? <laughs> well, okay. First, I should define. I think I defined it for you for your benefit. What is the definition of Americana and thus what makes a film an Americana film? In my head, I'm like... Bicycle riding around the neighborhood, white picket fences, apple pie. You're, you're on the right track. Those and are really maybe good examples. Maybe some yeah. like a little bit of farm, a little bit of suburbia, a little bit of, uh, a little bit of admitting where you went wrong. <laughs> not so <laughs> not much. Not so of much. That. It kind no. of stays to the wholesome. Yes. Side. Sort of. Uh, but if it's happening in the countryside, they get a little. It depends. There are some exceptions that are more critical, but Americana are materials concerning or characteristic of America, its civilization, or its culture broadly. Uh, things that are typical of America and American culture. So especially in terms of the films, especially ends up relating to Midwest or small town America. So, Or if uh, it has apple pie. Right, but not American pie. Oh, no, I was trying to remember the name of that. That does not qualify. No. So, Shanna, uh, since that's been explained, why don't you kind of share your experience making this list um, and, and what sort of thoughts you had, especially since you're not from America. You're kind of an outsider looking in and, and trying to. And this might have been a completely foreign thing for you. Well, for me, it's a look. Are we seeing red, white, and blue palettes? Are we seeing denim, red flannel, that kind of thing? Are we seeing people speaking up or people not speaking up and then they find their voice? So that kind of theme for me runs within that. And, you know, are they baking something in the kitchen? <laughs> really? Or are they making something together? And are there picket fence, white picket fences, big open porches mm. our kids riding around on bicycles and it's not a big deal uh -huh. is kind of what i see as that uh -huh. and i guess like a little bit of maybe a little bit of dogged determination whether that's to understand your family or to do something for your family even though it might not look like the traditional thing you would do but then also like tradition as well Hmm. but not necessarily good tradition. So it's kind of, <laughs> okay. it's, it's a little bit of everything for me. Huh. Okay. And, and so was it a challenge for you to create this list? No, not really. Depending on the film, because I know you're going to be like, oh, is this what you wanted when you came to America? Like, I would look at the available options and think to myself, well, what reminds me of America and what made me want to come to America? That kind of thing. So making the list was pretty easy, thinking about those those elements. Hmm. And since you had made this list so long ago, did you have trouble coming up with it again? 
So one of the reasons we didn't re-record this thing is because I thought I had lost my list. And I was Uh. like, absolutely not. I do not have the mental capacity to figure it all out again. Mm. And it turns out I found it on my phone. So it was there (laughs) the whole time. (laughs) So it was easy. So it was fairly easy. There were one or two on there that I thought, well, that's too low or that doesn't have to be on there. So, yeah. So you might have swapped some out since mm-hmm. since that time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I had quite a few to draw from. We can try well, to speak to that hang after. On. Mm-hmm. We should contrast. Like, okay, I'm not from here. Mm-hmm. I was looking for certain things. You mm-hmm. are from here. Yeah. What were you looking for? Uh, well, uh, primarily just movies that that fit that description that I, I read as much as possible. And most of my movies either set in a particular time during the 20th century or are set in like small town or Midwest America. Mm. And kind of, you know, there's no metropolitan movies here, you know, no big city oh, movies, really. You know, I, I have one. So. Huh. Interesting. Curious about that. But, you know, it's really a lot of that. What Some movies have a focus on a particular charm. There's a a romanticism of of small town America. And and those kind of aspects are common with my picks, I found. There's golden age films as well Mm. as 80s and 90s films. I feel like the 80s and 90s as Especially we're looking back at previous uh, eras and that'll actually make the next list we do we'll talk about that later a lot easier uh, for me I'm sure but you know those are the kinds of things that ended up crafting my list it was just a matter of like paring down from you know like I don't know two dozen movies or something like that that I had but it reminds me you know, we have our favorite 12 movies of all time, of which, like, are banned from all lists. I had a film that I could not include on my list. I'm curious if you did. Uh, my film was... I don't think so. Okay. My film was 1992's A League of Their Own. Which, that makes sense. You know, that would qualify as my uh, favorite Americana film you know baseball is definitely one of the things that's a very American part of American culture and it's you know people think of things that are truly American it's it's jazz apple pie and baseball you know so when I was a kid and I found out that baseball was not an option in my hometown I was very upset because I felt like oh well if I could play baseball it'll make me feel American so I think that's that's very that's unfortunate like, you can't have that. It's cricket for you. Oh god. Yeah. I don't mean to upset anyone that's a cricket fan, but <laughs> it's not my sport. It's not my thing. All right. So unless there is anything else you wanted to add, shall we get into the list itself? Let's do it. Okay, so why don't you kick us off with your twelfth favorite Americana film and what is it about it that like kinda helps represent this? this for you okay so my number 12 is doc hollywood no kidding <laughs> really what's like the what's more american than michael j fox 
<laughs> like, does Back to the Future 2 count? Yeah, well, you know, it's actually funny. <laughs> I'm opening up a can of worms here, but... I, some people would count the first one. Oh, the first one. Okay. Because it's so set in... I'm sorry, I mixed them up. Yeah, first one. The 50s, and especially when you talk about the scene where he arrives in... Mm-hmm. The fifties in the in the square, yeah. Mm-hmm. But but you chose Doc Hollywood. I chose Doc Hollywood. Okay, so why did you choose Doc Hollywood? Why well, is that your twelfth favorite? Because of Michael J. Fox. <laughs> Just because of him. <laughs> and you know, I I wasn't sure if I was gonna like this because I hate seeing. Uh, Michael J. Fox is like a bad guy, even for just a second. Well, he's not a bad guy. He's a no. He's, he's, a he's jerk. just a he's jerk, arrogant. and he needs yeah. to grow and learn yeah. from his way, his errors. Uh-huh. But I, it usually like just makes me so uneasy, like mm, you mm, know. Mm. And I picked it because it's kind of the better version, live action version of Cars. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I was exposed to Cars, Pixar Cars first, uh-huh. and you know. It's basically, it's that movie, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yep. They should have gotten Michael J. Fox. To, I mean, yeah, they should have gotten Michael J. Fox to do Lightning, Lightning McQueen's McQueen. voice. No, we're on the same page 100% yeah. in terms of what that movie is and what, what Cars is, actually. But yes. Yeah. Yes. And for those who don't know, it's a young, he plays a young doctor. And I think he's actually like a, a plastic surgeon. Uh, he's some sort of a surgeon known, for sure more known for plastic surgery and he's trying to get to the to the other side of the country and mm-hmm. he goes he crashes into someone's white picket fence yeah basically <laughs> someone he, he, who's he, wearing flannel and dungarees i think he misses a turn because <laughs> yeah. a sign is blocked and he ends up in a small town and and has a car accident and that's exactly the same beats as cars like the person who had happened to the property damage he's upset about it <sighs> he's like no you cannot just throw money down at me you need to fix this yourself <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like do you though do you want that person that has no experience with fences fixing it so yeah that's my pick very cool. Uh, my 12th favorite Americana film is a George Lucas movie. Oh, I know what you're picking. <laughs> I know it. You're like, THX 1138, what? <laughs> no. Star Wars? I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> it is 1973's American Graffiti, which is a basically about... These uh, teenagers in in fifties, they're about to. It's it's like they're finishing up high school, right? So they're on the precipice of becoming adults and and becoming what what they'll become. And their youth is is about to go uh, behind them. And along with that, though, you get elements of uh, of what teens did at that time you also get like not sock hops but it's it's uh you get like this prom type thing it almost feels like a sock up you know because you have the poodle skirts and everything mm-hmm. uh, you have wolfman jack is it wolfman jack i think his name is wolfman jack the famous radio personality on the radio how people would just drive around listening to the radio the entire time, listening to the same radio station, the same person, all at the same time. It is nostalgic. 
but it's it's very much of this time in America and these teens and at this point in their life. It stars, if you're not familiar, it stars Richard Dreyfuss, Harrison Ford, uh, Suzanne Summers actually, and Harrison Ford both have brief appearances in it. Cindy Williams, uh, the list goes on. I can't remember everyone who shows up. And Charles Martin Smith, who I adore, he's in it. And it's definitely worth uh, checking out. American Graffiti, one of considered one of the greatest American films, and I think not something that a lot of... Uh, Generation Z is familiar with, so I highly recommend it. It's my 12th favorite Americana film. My number 11 is Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood. Oh, you did go with that. I did. I did. I swapped it out for... Swapped it in. I swapped it in for something else. A Perfect World. Oh. I swapped it because I couldn't quite remember A Perfect World well enough. Mm. So this group of four young girls, I think it's in the 50s or the 60s in America, like uh, in Louisiana, uh, form this group called the Yaya Sisters and the Yaya Sisterhood. And the reason we see these young girls, because we actually start with Sandra Bullock, who is an adult. She's a playwright. She's been interviewed uh, and asked about her childhood. She says that she had a horrible childhood, her mother was abusive, and uh, her mother completely freaks out and decides to cut her off. Well, her mother is one of those little girls that we see that creates the Yaya sisterhood. And so the three, it's a group of four girls, and so the three friends go and kidnap Sandra Bullock's character. Oh my God. (laughs) These three older women. And they kidnap her because they're like, no, you don't understand your what your mother was going through and what had shaped her into the way she was. And you need to come home so that you guys can, can both repair this relationship because it's ridiculous. I really aspire to have a Yaya sisterhood. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have a strong core group of friends when I was younger, so... Uh, when I saw this movie, I was like, hey, this looks great. This is a great idea. You got uh, Fionnula Flanagan, James Garner, Cherry Jones, Ashley Judd, Shirley Knight, Angus McFadden. Jeez. And and Ashley Judd as one of the younger characters. So that's always fun as well when they get like, okay, we have these four characters. Here they are at this age and here they are at this age. And mm. I, I like when movies do that. Okay. All right. I didn't realize. My 11th favorite Americana film is 1940s The Grapes of Wrath. Oh, that's my number 10. Oh, really? It's your next pick. Oh, wow. Interesting. So, okay. So, first of all, it's based on the John Steinbeck novel about a, 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 a poor family, essentially, being uprooted during the Dust Bowl in the Great Depression, and they they basically lose their home and they try to migrate west because there's promise of work and and a better life in California. Now th- this is this is a classic piece of American literature about the you know the common uh, Midwest uh, folk, you know. 
And I think the film is is also a classic piece of, of Golden Age cinema with Henry Fonda and several others. And it is just just a great film. And I think it captures, you know, not only like small town America, but like, you know, rural America, rural Americans and of a particular period and different struggles that rural Americans were going through. And, you know, it's uh, just an extraordinary piece of work. Why, why did you choose it as one of your favorite Americana films? I think because often I am not grounded when I'm thinking of America, because if you think about somewhere that you wanted to move all your life, you only see it through rose-tinted glasses, right? And so when you grow up (laughs) and you you know, you're not so naive anymore and you realize that every country has their own problems, you want to learn what those problems were. And I thought that this film did a really great job at explaining that time in America Hmm. because I would always see photos of it, famous Hmm. photographers' photos, documenting that time. Mm. And it, it, it just didn't feel like I love the photos, but I wasn't connected to the story. And after I watched this, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the, the bridge that was missing between the two. And I just really appreciated how well it was made and what it showed and how much it dealt with. It's not just one family that we're seeing who's dealing with the Great Depression. We're seeing a bunch of different families and they're dealing with it all in very different ways. Mm. And But they're all in the same boat, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I just really appreciated... I appreciated them show... Like a good film showing the bad mm. in America Well, that well. that is a really good uh, uh, point and that is one of the few films on my list that is not romanticizing or... Mm. You know, what have you of of America, and I Mm -hmm. think that is something that most Americana movies do. Uh, There's some that are like critic criticizing, but this is this is more plain spoken about uh, people, the people's struggle. I think a good way for me to explain it is. It's a Wonderful Life is kind of how I see the world <laughs> sometimes. It's mm. like there's always hope. There's always a way to to help and blah, blah, blah. But then like the Grapes of Wrath is like, but look over here <laughs> is what we're mm. dealing with. And uh, I just think that that was a great way to change perspectives there. So none of my movies so far on the list are available on any streaming services. And that continues with my 10th pick. Which is Doc Hollywood. Love from Look at you 1991. You were basically thinking the exact same things I think of when it comes to Doc Hollywood. I, I actually saw this movie when it came out in 1991 on video. Mm-hmm. And it's a charming film. It's a cute movie. It's lovely. Uh, Julie, oh gosh, what's her name? Julie Williams or something like that. Co-stars. Uh, Woody Harrelson before he became like isn't he like he the mater of the situation I mean, I mean maybe I wouldn't say he's a sidekick per se but okay. <laughs> I can see where you're coming from with that 
and oh there's someone else i'm forgetting that stars in it uh, who has a huge crush on michael j fox oh bridget fonda bridget hey another fonda bridget fonda stars in uh, in the film and david ogden steers is the mayor of the town it's just a charming lovely uh, little film and i do enjoy it and have always enjoyed it and kept it in mind uh, you know 30 years later so that's doc hollywood that's my 10th favorite americana film my number nine is from 1984 and it is a criterion it is paris texas and it is available on hbo it's in the criterion collection is what you yeah, mean yeah it's a criterion collection film I'm sorry. Just edit you it make, out. You make it sound like it's a production company. <laughs> it's a packaging company. <laughs> a preservation company. <laughs> it is a preservation company, yeah. So this stars Harry Dean Stanton, Natasha, Nata- Natasha Kinski, Dean Stockwell, Sam Barry, uh, and a bunch of other great people. What is this film about? It's about Travis, who is... A drifter and they find him coming out of the desert and they're able to connect him with his brother his brother thought he was dead and so the brother helps harry dean stanton's character reconnect with his son and uh mm. therefore his son and him try to connect back with the mom mm-hmm. and you it's happening in la and you might wonder, well, like, why did I pick this one? Because this does fall into the big city category. And I think it's unique because we're, we don't necessarily start in the city. We're kind of working our way towards the city because mm. he's coming from the desert. Right, and I right. just think that that's interesting. And what we have to remember is that the USA is massive. There's a lot of variety to the landscape. Um, when I first came to America, I was like, oh, everything's going to be green and city. But that's not the case. And so that's one of the reasons I picked it is because it shows us how busy America can be. And it's also uh, the color palette, the sets, the the choice of how they were filming the city life is very particular of that time, I think, during the 80s. And so it has a particular uh, treatment to the film as well. Hmm. That makes me think of America. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's a movie that definitely comes up when the subject arises as as an option. And, and go ahead. Well, and it's about family too, trying to rebuild those connections, which kind of happen. You know, is in Divine Sisterhood as well. Hmm. So I feel like Americana is also about family. Hmm. In a way. It can be. It can be. Yeah. Uh, that either way, an excellent film, excellent pick. My ninth favorite actually is one of the movies that you referenced a few minutes ago. It is uh, 1946's "It's a Wonderful Life." On that's my next one too. Oh, crazy! Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. It's available on Amazon Prime. It is one of the primary examples. When people think of Americana films is the quintessential small town America uh, movie. You know, it has all the charms of of young love and and high school dance and going <laughs> really off cool and, high school dance scene. Yeah, and going off and and you know wanting to 
wanting to go off and do your own thing, which which George Bailey really wants to be able to do, but he's always pulled back into his small town. Uh, but everybody and everybody's pleasant. Pretty much everyone in the town is pleasant to each other, you know. And it's just one of those things that's very uh, much typifies Americana, I guess. Um, and you know, it, it's a it's a charmingly lovely film while also being a film about suicidal tendencies. <laughs> You know, um, beneath all the hope and the happiness and the sweet, charming people that make up the community, yeah. is the thoughts of that. Yeah, what what do you call it? I, I don't know the term anymore. What they call it, suicidal aspirations or whatever. But you know, it has that side, which is not too dissimilar to the the darkness or what have you, the struggle that you see in the Grapes of Wrath, but. It's a beautiful film, and it's a Christmas perennial, and Americana, Christmas, you know, romanticism, all that sort of stuff kind of goes hand in hand. So that's why it, it's on my list, and also I love the film, so there you go. Why is it on your list, love? You know, everything that you just said, and I think a big part of it is the hope factor. Eventually that comes back for the character, and... He realizes that everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to work out. Uh, that's a big pull for me. And how everybody, yeah, everybody's nice, but it's also like there's this community mm. that they can all fall onto. He's always there for everyone. And when eventually he needs everyone, everyone is there for him. Yeah. Kind of a little like Encanto. <laughs> <laughs> not like, an Americana film. Not an but. Americana film, but I just realized, hey, that happens over there too. Um, and I just like that it is true. If you've built strong connections with the community and you eventually need help too, like people are there for you. That's always felt like an American dream to me. I, I had a thought about that and now I'm losing it, but it, it, it's basically this this community this connection this selflessness that's what it was selflessness that uh, i think is a big element of all, all all of that so that's an excellent pick on on both our parts apparently available on amazon prime my eighth favorite americana film is still in the golden age of cinema 1936's mr deeds goes to town about the, as far as big city people are concerned, the small town simpleton who inherits boatloads of cash <laughs> and and how like these bigwigs are trying to manipulate him into doing what they want with that money. The main character is played by Gary Cooper. He is this, what, anchor or main aspect of the small town community people love him i think he was also essentially like a boy scout leader if i remember correctly because i think part of the plot of the film has to do with this one area of land being coming under threat and <clears throat> that concerns mr deeds because maybe i'm mixing it up with mr smith goes to washington am i mixing it up with mr smith goes to washington i i think you might be because okay. how i remember that story is it's a good one to watch either before grapes of wrath or after grapes of wrath because he actually helps out the farmers 
Oh, yeah, 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 I am mixing, right, yes, that's what it was, yes. So, at any rate, you know, he's this tuba, this baritone playing, which is kind of like a tuba, small town, average Joe, and it's it's got all the charm in the film of what you would expect from that description, and it's a delightful film, I love it, and of course, you know, he shows up the people who think they're smarter than him, and that's always that's always enjoyable. So, Mr. Deeds Goes to Town, I highly recommend watching the 1936 movie, not the Adam Sandler quote-unquote remake. So yeah, stay. I don't think that helps with farmers or anyone real. <laughs> Be right? aware of that. So that, uh, that's my eighth favorite. My number seven is The Straight Story from 99. Mm. Uh, it's available on Disney+. Plus. An old man makes a long journey by lawnmower to mend his relationship with an ill brother, which just so happens to be played by Harry Dean Stanton. Correct. Yeah. And our main character is played by Richard Farnsworth. And this this is based on a true story, right? Yes. And I just thought that it was the most beautiful story I'd ever seen I, th- I thought it was one of those rare like if I had to make a list of films featuring men having genuine se- sensitive conversations about serious things like war like this would be in that category and that's not the list that we're making but that was a big pull for me of why I appreciate the film and the Americana of it all is there's this dogged determination. He's coming from a small town and he's gonna, I don't know how many days he travels for. It's, it's, it's at least a week and he's, you know, going through the Midwest. Yeah. And he's just, he's got his lawnmower. He's, it's like his, what is it? John Deere lawnmower. Mm. Great advertising for them. Mm. And he's got this this trailer that he's made that has everything that he'll need. And he wants to do this by himself. He doesn't want people's help. And he comes across a lot of people on this journey. So mm-hmm. that is a really nice element of the story as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's different people with different backgrounds and different experiences that are coming to him. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of just observing or, or talking with them. And I just, I absolutely love it. That's a great film. My favorite David Lynch film, by the way. David Lynch doing a film for Disney. Mm-hmm. So weird. Yeah. <laughs> My seventh favorite is What's Eating Gilbert Grape from 1993, oh, cool. available on HBO Max. My second film on my list, available on a, a subscription service for you to check out. Uh, it doesn't get more rural, small-town America uh, than What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Starring Johnny Depp, Juliette Lewis, a young Leonardo DiCaprio, Mary Steenburgen also stars, and more. Uh, you know, I saw this movie, I think it was actually on HBO when I saw it, when I was around 13. And I, even at that age, I've always loved this film. There's something very unique about it. There's something about these characters that feel very real, very real to the location that they are in. They just feel very much like small, small town America. These, these lives don't aspire to much. They're just trying to get through the day. 
some may be aspiring to leave town at some point. And that's that's about it, you know, and it's about this guy who's kind of stuck, you know, it, it, he's sort of George Bailey, except yeah. a little more of a dick than George Bailey. And yeah. he doesn't necessarily make the best choices, but he's he's like George Bailey in the sense that he keeps kind of getting tied down by his family and his responsibilities. Mm. Anyway, it's a great film. It's a moving film. Yeah. And I highly recommend it. It's on HBO Max. It's What's Eating Gilbert Grape. My next one is from 1984, and I'm shocked that you can't stream it anywhere, but you can rent it just about everywhere, too. This is Footloose. That's my number six as well. yay! (laughs) We are getting into, with this pick, I think, we are getting into my 100 favorite movies. Oh. And this is one that I, is my only film I regret not getting on there. Mm. But yes, Mm. go ahead. Uh, This is a great film. A a city teenager moves to the small town where rock music and dancing has been banned and his rebellious spirit shakes up the populace. So we've got it all there. Small town, Mm -hmm. rebel, going to make a change. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, It has a... America, uh, uh, religion. Religion is a big aspect. Yeah. Yeah. And... uh, it's got a great cast: Kevin Bacon, Laurie Singer, John Frickin' Lithgow, Diane Frickin' Weist. Mm-hmm. You can tell who I love the most there: uh, Chris Penn, Sarah Jessica Parker, mm-hmm. um, John yeah. Laughlin, and who else? Have we? We've got so many. There's That's so pretty many. Much, pretty much the notables right there. All right, and it's just oh, the soundtrack is great. The yep. music is awesome. Yep, one of the best the, soundtracks. It's just wonderful. I love. You know, you've got this big tractor race, and I just feel like that's Americana, and I just, I just love this film. Um, what, why does well, it make your list? It's a, it's a great small town film, and, yeah. and it is absolutely one of my favorite movies of all time. I, I've, it's a movie that I grew up with, and as an adult, have it, my love for it has only strengthened over time, and. I think, yeah, it, 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 the soundtrack is stellar. It's like easily one of the top five 80s soundtracks, uh, hands down. But also, like, I, I talk about this every single time I talk about the movie. You know, the story is is great. The, the performances mm-hmm. by leads and supporting are great. John Lithgow, his... You know, he's this guy who he feels like he is the moral center of the town and he has to protect the people of the town. And 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 that, you know, originates in a car accident that I think involved one of his kids, if I remember correctly. It was his son. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And so he feels like he is his obligation to protect the youth of the town. But also it kind of speaks to like, well... What happens when your followers kind of misread that message and start going too far with it? And he does have he he does have a line, and and so it, it, there's a lot of great stuff in this film, and I do love it. Uh, I could talk for I know a long it's, time. It's just such a satisfying film if you want to feel good. Yeah. This is the film that you put in. And it's one of those movies that has one of those climactic speeches, you know? Yeah. And, and anyway, 
I love it. The Footloose uh, is our sixth oh. favorite Americana film. Great montage as well. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Great everything. All right. So your fifth favorite. All yes. right. We're getting focused here. So this one is also part of the Criterion packaging production. Um, it is Lost in America from 1985. A husband and wife in their 30s decide to quit their jobs. That must be very nice. That must be of a very particular time. Live as free spirits and cruise America in a Winnebago down by the river. So this stars Albert Brooks, Julie Haggerty. It's it's just hilarious. They're going. They start in L.A. I mean, I'm sorry. They start in Las Vegas, and then their goal is to travel through the country. And we get to see a little bit of the country, and we get to see, I guess, trailer park life and it's just very interesting and very fun and I love how he talks about the nest egg uh, we mention that sometimes to each other as well that's a great film I'm surprised I was pleasantly surprised when you clung to it uh, uh, so strongly and you know it appealed to you so well yeah Albert Brooks is someone who's kind of underappreciated these days mm, you know mm-hmm. and he had he had a, a great run in the 80s and early 90s, too. My fifth favorite is from 1989. It is Field of Dreams. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about baseball, you know? What's more American <laughs> than baseball? Yeah. And in this case, it's about a guy in Iowa, Midwest, hello, who owns a cornfield... And he gets compelled to build a baseball diamond, which is completely adverse to his his economic interests, his family's economic interests. And uh, it's just, you know, it, it's it's a movie that will make you love baseball for two hours. It is... Even uh, if you're not into baseball. Well, exactly. That's the thing, yeah. right? Like, you, if you're not a fan of baseball, this movie will make you a fan for two hours and it is just charming and wonderful and uh, beautiful and moving. The great Ray Liotta, who just passed earlier this year, mm. stars famously as Shoeless Joe. And uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful film. We quote it a lot because of James <laughs> Earl Jones, who has a great comedic opening scene, I think. I think he's, it's, it's his first I, scene in the movie. I guess it is. Anyway. Field of Dreams, it is my fifth favorite Americana film. Oh, man, I want to watch that film now. Mm. (laughs) All right, my next one is A Christmas Story from 1983. What a wonderful surprise this was. I'd never been exposed to it. I think you showed it to me maybe our first or second Christmas together. Mm. And I just... I look so forward to Christmas time for many reasons, but this is one of them is we get to watch this film. Hmm. In the 1940s, a young boy named Ralphie Parker attempts to convince his parents, teacher, and Santa Claus that a Red Rider range 200-shot BB gun really is the perfect Christmas gift. And he spends the entire... I guess he spends... He must be spending, like, since Halloween trying to convince all the people in his life about how badly he wants this toy, particularly his mom, this gun. And I just, it's so sweet. It's happening in the forties. It's, they have this 
beautiful home together. Where is it happening? It, it's definitely like uh, suburbia, you know, America. But where in the country? I don't remember. I, I don't. I don't remember. Okay. Maybe it's Midwest or something. Because I remember talking about how much I love this movie to my host grandparents. And they were talking about how that was their childhood. That's what their childhood looked like. And I just thought that that was so beautiful that they that this movie was able to capture that so succinctly. Mm. I mean, down to like... My host granddad has a photo of himself on Christmas Day with some sort of BB gun type thing with the Christmas tree with the hung tinsel uh, angel hair Mm. type decoration. And I just I love this film. I, I love what they're like. I love that the dad swears a lot, but we never hear him swear. And so many relatable moments as well. So, yeah, that's a Christmas story. And I believe... It is available to stream on HBO. Excellent. My fourth favorite is Stand By Me. Of course it is. From 1986. I'm actually looking now, and I don't think it's squeezed into my favorite 100 movies, which uh, is crazy because it's... I, I love the movie. It's a great film. It not only captures a particular age very well but it also it also like looks back at a very particular time of what it's like being a boy at a particular time and and you know warts and all actually because these boys lives aren't like perfect Nah. but it is small town america in in the film it i want to say it takes place in oregon small town oregon okay because i believe the short story the novella takes place in maine um because all of stephen king's stories take place in maine this is a stephen king movie and it's about basically a group of friends who are seeking out a a dead body a rumored dead body and they they, you know they want to they want to find it and essentially reap a reward from it. But, you know, this is a movie set in a particular time, and it has a, a, a poppin' soundtrack that's very much of that time. Yeah. And it it's very much like Americana. Like, you know, if you love the Sandlot, like, this is... This is better. Yeah. Sandlot is half of what this film is, but also, like, in some ways striving for what this film is. Mm. So anyway, Stand By Me. Great film. Great cast, by the way. Will Wheaton, River Phoenix, and and Jerry O'Connell. And uh and 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 I'm forgetting one other cast member, which is really stupid of me. With 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 John Cusack making an appearance. Oh, okay. Great film. So that is my fourth favorite Americana film. What's your what's your third favorite Americana film? My third is definitely small town focused. Okay. And mm, you know, little community, one main road mm, kind mm, of mm. Uh, situation. Okay. It is three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Ah. Mm-hmm. Because and apparently, you know what's more Americana than Frances McDormand? <laughs> mm. Between her 
doing Fargo and Nomadland and then this. She's actually a nice little, from what I can think of right now off the top of my head, she's a nice little triptych representing Americana here. Oh, yeah. Uh, Because I feel like Fargo could count. I I could see that, yeah. Yeah, and now I regret not having it on my list. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so this is from 2017 and it is not available to stream. It's so sad. Uh, a mother per- a mother personally challenges the local authorities, the very local authorities, yes. to solve her daughter's murder when they fail to catch the culprit. Now, like, I don't know if anyone out there listens to true crime from the perspective of detectives and police officers, but, I mean, if you're from a small town, you have, like, a very small amount of staff, and you're you're maybe not going to solve that murder if the murder was not committed by someone who lives in the town. Ah. So if it's someone coming from outside, there's the the chances are slim to solve the murder. Anyway, it's also stars Woody Harrelson, uh, Sam Rockwell, Caleb Landry Jones, and Carrie Condon. Mm. And it's just so great. Such a great film, great performances, great characters, good character arcs as well, mm. and I just love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was a great film. Also, a warts and all kind of film of of small town America. My third favorite Americana film is my forty second favorite movie of all time. It is 1998's Pleasantville, available on Hulu now. What is it about this film that is Americana? It is about modern-day teens getting sucked into a 1950s TV series. Uh, I think it's a, a, a very, sitcom. very 1950s sitcom. Yeah, very much like Leave It to Beaver, and you know that's that's very much Americana in the, in the sense of trying to reflect this picture of wholesomeness. Right, wholesomeness and perfection, and now this is a film that dissects that, and and uh, kind of pulls the threads of it, and does so quite well and quite stirringly. This, is, but this stars Tobey Maguire, Jeff Daniels, uh, Reese Witherspoon, Paul Walker, a very young Paul Walker oh, performance. Wow is in the film and and a whole lot more william h macy great character actors too i adore this film and so it is my third favorite americana film and that is available on hulu that's a good pick so your second favorite my second favorite is available on hbo from 1984 gremlins Again, it's that whole small town uh-huh. vibe and, you know, all about community and everyone knows each other. And also uh, dissecting it, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. having a little bit of fun with it. So in A Christmas Story, I think you have, like, a bully and the bully's sidekick, but nothing adult, like, n- no adult level, like, warts, as you say, as you oh, call okay. them. But like in Gremlins, you have like the woman that's just like the evil witch from the West um, that's mm-hmm. trying to get the main Doesn't character. Doesn't literally dog. play the theme Basic, of... Basically, the, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And so I just, I really love it. It's a young man inadvertently breaks three important rules concerning his new pet and unleashes a horde of malevolently mischievous creatures. And I know that like that description might make you think, well, what about that's Americana? But it's also like the story of it all is really quite something. And it's like a different perspective of like a Christmas story in a small town America Mm. like you'd watch you'd show your kid a Christmas story I don't know age four to ten and then you would show them gremlins like age 12 and up or something is a great introduction to the horror genre yeah for kids like if you were to start with the universal monsters I think this is a great step up from that Mm -hmm. but you definitely want to show it to them when they're of the age where they're like okay with questioning the existence of Santa Claus because there is a particular I love crucial how you squeaked there <laughs> scene that yeah. that uh, that kind of spoils Santa Claus for young kids so I, I wouldn't recommend it but it's a uh, yeah I love that film and I considered it as well my second favorite Americana film is my 27th favorite film of all time, 1983's A Christmas Story. You talked about it earlier. I love it. Available on HBO Max. I love it for a lot of the reasons that you do. I grew up with this film, however, so there is a nostalgic feeling to the film, Mm, which is also interesting because it's a very nostalgic film. It is, yeah. Itself, and so there's like this, like, different layers of nostalgia going on. Uh, with this film for me but it's a, it's a beautiful film it's great and you know it, it's very much everything that you just said i cannot really do better at, ex- at, at, at describing why this film is, uh, applies to this list but i do adore it and if you want to hear more of my thoughts on the film check out my 100 favorite movies list it is number 27 on that list. So, A Christmas Story, available on HBO Max. Shanna, what is your favorite Americana film? Did you see what it was? I think I did. On my f- oh, I was going to have you guess. <laughs> All right, it's Field of Dreams. Excellent. Of course. Uh, that was also something I only got introduced to when I met you. I think it was like our first year of marriage or second year of marriage Mm. that you showed it to me. And I just could not believe how long I had gone through my life without seeing this film. Mm. You fell in love pretty quickly. Oh, really hard. Cause I was like, I don't want to watch a film about baseball. Look at this. Kevin Costner Mm -hmm. with baseball. No. And, um, as soon as we started watching it, I was like, Oh, this is so much further than baseball. (laughs) So mm-hmm. kind of like Friday Night Lights, how it's not really about foot. It's about football, oh, yeah, yeah, but not yeah. really. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I just really love the family element. I love that it happens in Iowa, in, Iowa. in heaven. In- <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I think it's such a cool concept because, look, I've never lived in a very small town. And I, like, if you start, hearing a voice and you're Mm -hmm. (laughs) doing what the voice told you or suggested you do yeah (laughs) nagging me and you're using farmland not to farm Uh like i would imagine that that would create a slight uproar in the community well i mean timothy busfield definitely represents that a, a lack of understanding and i just thought that that was 
how they dealt with that was very funny. And mm. even the moment where they're talking about a particular book that one of the mothers once banned in the, the school library. And oh, it just so yeah. happens that that's written by the... James Earl Jones James character. James Earl Jones yes. character, yeah. Yes, it's a, it's a PTA, I think it's a PTA uh, type meeting or something, or that a school was a board m- meeting. massive PTA meeting. Yeah, something had, like that. Like everyone in town went to that meeting. <laughs> so I just well, thought was that about, was yeah, interesting. Yeah, books. Yeah, people actually cared back then. Yeah, well. <laughs> but Amy Madigan is the, uh, the character you're speaking about. I love how even in, like with a lot of these movies, small town might be associated with nice yeah with the exception of three billboards and like if you push the right way you're not going to be nice anymore even if you are in a small community it doesn't Uh matter and i just love what happens with that character when she's like no we are not banning books we are not burning books we are not doing any of that and Mm. i just i love that moment and of course with the james l jones character saying rules there's no rules here Mm -hmm. (laughs) is one of the funniest moments in in cinema history, I think. It's a great film. Yeah, I love it, obviously. I had it on my list, and I'm not surprised to see it on your list at all. My favorite Americana film is my 26th favorite film of all time. It is also a Golden Age film, as are many of the my picks. It is 1956's Giant. Starring. That's a great pick. Of course, you picked that. Elizabeth Taylor, James Dean, and Rock Hudson. All the Americana people. <laughs> with appearances by Dennis Hopper. Uh, this, you know, is a, it's about a, a, a woman, a kind of a not a socialite, but she's pretty well off, I guess. She marries a Texas ranch hand, and she moves to the middle of nowhere in Texas, where this guy lives. I think. Like, the neighbor lives, like, 10 miles away or something like that. It's so, it is that, like, uh, rural. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is is that far out there. You know, I, I think there's a lot of grit that's shown. This this movie typifies American grit, Ameri- you know, Texas. <laughs> I think Texans have a, a certain pride to them, a certain stubbornness to them that a lot of people can can say kind of typify um, Americans. And I think also like this film kind of shows how uh, depicts like how people n- need to deal with change and the change in times and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and there's some great, great, some of the best character arcs and, and character development I've ever seen in a film or in this film. I love it very much. Again, you can also read about it on my 100 favorite movies list on GibsonReview.com if you want to read more. But I highly recommend Giant. It is my favorite Americana film. You can find it on HBO Max. I recommend you do so. So that is our list. Shanna, what were some movies that uh, you considered that didn't quite make your list? You said there was a couple that you had to kick off the list in, in favor of ones that did make your list. What were those? Yeah, as I mentioned previously, A Perfect World I had to kick off of there. I considered... <laughs> <laughs> I, you know... 
Easy Rider mm. is definitely an Americana film mm. of a particular time, of a particular group, or rather community of people. Mm. Um, the counterculture. The mo- it's, yeah. a, it's the counterculture film. And I just, it's just, it's not, it's not a favorite because it's mm-hmm. not a pleasant watch. Everybody should watch it, yeah. but it's not a, I'm not going to watch it over and over again yeah, kind of it's, situation. It's, it's a one-timer for sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How to Make an American Quilt was was fine, but it, it, again, it's not a favorite. It didn't uh, quite make your list. Yeah, Giant mm-hmm. is a great pick. Stand By Me. What else have we got here? We've got uh, Pleasantville. Basically, everything you mentioned is amazing. Winter's Bone is a great film, but also I'm not going to watch that over and over again. <laughs> and So these are, these are all movies that you considered? Yeah, Into the Wild. Mm-hmm. A League of Their Own is great. I'm sure you're very sad that I didn't include that on my list. Um, only mildly but. surprised. Actually, a bigger surprise that didn't make your list that I considered was Harlan County, USA. The documentary about the mining community. Yeah, that was a really good one. So would... Hmm? Who's the singer... Oh, are you thinking of uh, Coal Miner's Daughter, the yeah. biopic? Maybe Would that count. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. So uh, Forrest Gump just barely missed my list. Uh, the Misfits, several movies that you had on your list are considered Gremlins, Perfect World, Straight Story, Lost in America, Three Billboards, Paris, Texas. Apparently half of your list I <laughs> considered. Yeah. Ones that also almost made my list, Waitress. The Sandlot and A River Runs Through It are all films that I considered for my list, and uh, I needed to pare down. Uh, did you mention Waitress? That was one that I considered. I still haven't uh, too. seen that film. Waitress? I still I have not seen it. I swear you and I just... I have not seen it. Wow, who it in that? It has never been seen. I must have watched that with our son. Anyway... So uh, those are the movies that we considered for favorite Americana films. What are your favorite Americana films? Feel free to email us at thegibsonreview at gmail.com. That'll about do it for this episode of The Movie Lovers. Shanna, before we talk about what they can look forward to coming down the line from The Movie Lovers podcast, why don't you share where they can find you online? You can find me on Instagram at Shanna Paxton Photography and on Flickchart Spellbinding A. Excellent. Do go to thegibsonreview.com. There are articles on there and other things as well as the past episodes of The Movie Lovers that you can listen to. But do take the time to read. I am finishing up the James Bond series on there in the near future, hopefully shortly soon. You should find the very last article on James Bond movies where I write my concluding thoughts and rank elements of that film series. Uh, follow on social media, the, the facebook.com slash the Gibson review or on Instagram, the Gibson 99. We've been doing bracket polls there on uh, Instagram. We recently did your favorite rom-com, romantic comedies, tied to the last episode, or the episode having to do with Thor, Love, and Thunder, I should say. And 10 Things I Hate About You ended up being your favorite romantic comedy. 
We are at time of recording, currently finishing up your favorite 2001 movie. Check out the account to find out what your pick was from there. Soon we will be doing James Bond movies. So you can participate there. And so coming up here, we're going to have a bonus episode uh, coming soon where we look ahead at the fall movie season because it's August. And at the time you're listening to this, it is mid-August, which means fall is just around the corner, which means the uh, awards season is going to be kicking off. Festival season is going to be kicking off. And all the movies that will be trying to get attention for all those big shiny objects. So we're going to be looking ahead at what we're looking forward to most in, I think it's September, October, November. Yes, September, October, November months. So look for that bonus episode uh, for fall movie preview. And then the next proper episode of The Movie Lovers, episode 140 will be a weekend review and a review episode. And we'll be reviewing Idris Elba's Beast. This is a very exciting film for me. I can't wait to laugh hysterically at the ridiculousness of it all. I just, when the trailer showed in the movie theater and I was the only one laughing. Yeah, you were. It was great. I am very excited it's going to be like the jaws of africa (laughs) i mean it it does look sillier than that but yeah so we'll see how well that goes and hopefully we will have some things to talk about that we've caught up with we didn't get to do a review of bullet train and hopefully we'll have caught up with that by that time but look for that episode on tuesday august 30th in the meantime, keep loving the movies. This is Jeff and Shanna saying bye-bye.